this message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia. It is our prayer that you will be blessed by the preaching of God's Word. And take your Bibles if you and open to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. I am so glad that you're here today. Today is Vision Sunday, and so today is the day. The idea is that I would pour out my heart to you and let you know where I want to go and what I want to see God accomplish as a church. It's a day I would share a pastor's heart, so we won't be in Matthew. I don't know if you ever noticed when you're looking up here, I don't know if you've ever paid attention, but on that side there is a, a picture of the world. That is a gift given to me, the last church that I pastored in Arequipa, Peru. Uh, it was a, a Faith Baptist Church. On the right side is our logo. That's, uh, it says Fay, which means faith. And the words across the top say, reaching the world in our generation. And on the night that they were saying goodbye to us before we packed our bags and flew back to America, this is one of the gifts that they they gave us. There's several others. There's a, a Peruvian flag signed with their names and so on. And so I have been teaching that we ought to reach the world in our generation for a long time, probably about 30 years. About 20 years has been a major emphasis on this side you come in and you constantly see be, do, serve, train. And unless you're involved in foundations, you may not fully understand what that's about. And maybe today you'll get a tad more view of that. We have the summit. The summit is a big event that we have that we put on with the intentions of telling other churches how they ought to have the vision that we have as a team of missionaries and pastors to get the gospel around the world. And I'm going to share with you a message about world evangelism world evangelism. I want you to know that our God wants the entire world to know that Jesus died on the cross to save sinful men. If you believe that, say amen. You will have plenty of Bible verses by the time we're finished. You'll have plenty of Bible verses to back that up, and you'll understand it is God's plan. You can go to the majority of churches, and you may never hear world evangelism so stressed. You may come to our church and find it a very unusual thing that 20 families now call Vision Baptist Church their home, and they serve around the world as missionaries carrying the gospel, and new ones are being birthed every year. So this year, this year we should add a couple more to that number, and maybe more than that, and we'll watch as God grows things. If you turn in your Bible with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8, this is the verse that was chosen by Trent for our summit theme, and it says, For from you, from the church, from the church there at Thessalonica, sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. And that was our theme verse. From you, from your church, was spread abroad everywhere so people knew about Jesus and they knew what was going on. Now, I'm going to, uh, if you write things down, and I don't know if you do or not, but if you do, write this down. I want to simplify the problem for you. I want to simplify the problem for you. We have a big world that we live in, and there is a way. We're commanded, and I'll prove that in just a second. We're commanded to take the gospel to the entire world. And you've been hearing it, and I'm going to go over enough of this in between now and the time you're finished after lunch today that I hope you'll understand this. We as a local church, little old Vision Baptist Church with just under 200 people on a Sunday morning, we are commanded to take the gospel to the world. The world now has over 7 billion people on the planet. And God wants them all to hear the gospel. So I want to, I want to have a word of prayer with you, and then I want to walk you through simplifying this problem. Father, I love you, and I praise you, 
for your goodness and your kindness and your generosity towards us. I thank you for the privilege of allowing me to be the pastor of Vision Baptist Church. I thank you for these wonderful people in the sacrificial way that they have given so that we could get the gospel around the world. I thank you for them surrendering their children to go to the mission field. I thank you for them being willing to give up time with their grandkids for their children to take the gospel to the world. And I pray, God, that vision would become more and more every day a world evangelism church that would bring you honor and glory. And I'll praise you for it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I titled this Simplifying the Task uh, because, or Simplifying the Problem because I used to travel all the time. I've been eight years here as a pastor. You probably have noticed that I travel more than most pastors travel, and I'm on the road more than most. I traveled for 20 years, and uh, the last maybe 12 years of that, I traveled a whole bunch all over the world, and, and especially to churches. And when I would get to they would always say to me, you tell us we're supposed to evangelize the world in our generation might write that down. We ought to evangelize the world in our generation. I can't do anything about the generation behind me. They're already gone. And I can't do anything about the generation that comes after me because they're not here yet. But I can do something about the time I live in. And we're to evangelize the world. We're to tell the whole world about Jesus. We're not to win them to Christ. We're not to get everybody saved. We're never commanded to make people be saved, but we are commanded to tell people about Jesus. So let me give you, if I could, the first thing you might write down, the task before us. The task before us. And just jot these things down. The guys may keep up with me, and they may not. Number one, the task. The task before us. We were commanded to take the gospel to the world. The Bible says in Mark 16:15 that we're to take the gospel to every creature. If you have your Bible open, or somewhere you ought to underline or write it down there, it says to preach the gospel to every creature. That means every person on the planet ought to hear how to go to heaven when they die. In Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 49, the Bible used the term all nations. He said, I want all nations. That's all people groups. Now, there's different nations even sitting in this room. One of the missionaries who's a member of our church is a member of the Cherokee Nation. He is actually a Cherokee Indian. Uh, Tyler Masters is a Cherokee Indian. And uh, he, is a, he has enough blood in him to get a part of the casinos. He just never did. He just carries the gospel. But uh, he, is a, he is a part of a cher- the Cherokee Nation. He said, take it all peoples, all nations, all groups of people all over the world. Luke chapter 24. In Matthew 28, 18, uh, uh, 19, 18, 19, and 20, we're to disciple all nations. This is like the most powerful verse for me in the whole Bible when I think about being a pastor. Look at Matthew 28, 18, and look at what it says. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus came and spake, saying unto them, All power is given to me. Jesus is finishing up the Gospel of Matthew, and he says, I have all power. Well, he has all power because he's God in human flesh. Amen? He has all power because he died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again. He has all power. He is the creator of the universe. He has all power. He has all authority because he can say anything he wants to say. And if our founder, our founder, were standing here on this platform right now, and we're going to make a speech to us to tell us what he intended for us to do as a church, he would tell us, verse 19, go 
and teach all nations. Go and teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You say, why do y'all baptize? Because we were commanded to. We were to teach them first, then we were to baptize them, and then we were to teach them in verse 20 to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. We were to get the gospel to them, make sure they know how to go to heaven when they die. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, we're to go to the ultimate, to the the ultimo, the, the farthest corner, the uttermost. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And in John chapter 20 and verse 21, the Bible said that we are to go and live among them like Jesus. He said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. That's why missionaries leave. That's why we don't just send money here. We have people that go over and learn to live among the people. They learn to speak another language. They learn a whole new culture. They learn how to greet people in different ways. They become a part of the culture because Jesus was sent by the Father who spent so many years living among us. People really thought he was a Jew. And when he started speaking, they said, who is this guy? Don't we know him? Don't we know his mother and his father? Don't we know, don't, don't we know he's the son of the carpenter? But there was something very special about him. He was God in human flesh. So we send missionaries to become a part of the culture and carry the gospel to them. One man summed it up like this. The unfinished task is to evangelize all individuals, to proclaim the gospel to all peoples in all geographical regions of the world, and to disciple them. The world is extremely large. The current world population is approximately 7.14 billion people. Net growth in world population. We add one person to the planet every 16 seconds. Counting all that die and all that are born and leveling it out, we add one new person every 16 seconds. China is the world's largest country with 1,349,600,000 people. Less than 4% of them are probably born-again Christians. That means that over four times the population of the United States of America that live in China are not saved, not going to heaven, not hearing the gospel. India is the world's second largest country with 1,220,801,000. Only 1% of India is probably saved, meaning another four times the population of the United States that haven't heard. The next seven countries after the United States, we're the third largest country. The next seven, almost, again, very few except Brazil, have a Christian, much Christian witness at all. Taking care of our own church and ministry seems to be a daunting enough task, much less to think about the world. See, when we sit here as a church and you're here and Austin Gardner is your pastor and you come in and you wonder, why are we in a warehouse eight years later? You wonder when you come in, why do they do things the way they do? Why does Austin do things like he does as a pastor? We want to help so we can pray some and give some, but we never consider as a church that we are personally and corporately responsible. Almost all of us would agree, yeah, we ought to get the gospel of the world. Yes, we believe in missions. Yes, we believe we ought to give. But we are a very small people with a commandment to do something so much bigger than anything we could ever do. How could little old Vision Baptist Church reach the entire world with the gospel message in our generation? How could this little church get the gospel to everybody? We all want, we all, want all to hear. All of us want that to happen, but we don't know what to do. So here's the test case. Number two, write this down. This is the test case. The test case. The Lord gave us the uh, how to do it. 
He showed it to us. And I want you to get that with me if you would. The Lord would never have commanded us to do an impossible task. How many of you would say amen to that? Would he command us to do something and laugh and say you can't do it? No, he would never do that. He told us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, I have all power, all authority. Go to go and, 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 and teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. The reason it appears impossible is that we have not followed the biblical mandate, the biblical pattern mentioned above. Now I'm going to talk about you. This message was prepared for everybody, and our church does better, but you'll get a vision of where I am, where I want to go, us to go. The reason the world's not getting evangelized is churches aren't following a biblical pattern. It's impossible for one person or even one church to reach the world. If we continue steadfast to doing what he tells us to do, however, we could get it done. And here's your test case. Let me prove that to you. How many of you are sitting there looking at it going, 200 people, 7 billion people, limited finances. We move at this church, we move maybe a half a million dollars a year. How are we going to get the whole world evangelized in our lifetime? Come on, that's beyond us. Let me give you a test case that the Bible gave us. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now I want you to back up in your mind with me just a second to a completely empty globe. All the world's empty. Nobody is on the planet. There is no New York City. There is no London. There is no Tokyo. There's no Japan. There's no Israel. There's no Jerusalem. There are two people. And God says to them, to this two people, he said, they're, they, they're just hours old. And he says, you guys get with it and replenish, fill up the entire earth. Now, you know, I don't think you get any idea in the Bible where Adam and Eve looked at each other and said, well, that's ridiculous. It's a big place. I ain't even seen the whole garden yet. He wants us to evangelize the whole place. They were told to replenish the earth. Even though they lived hundreds of years, they could never have that many children. However, you should write this down, they could raise a family that would raise a family. They could raise a family that would raise a family. No one in his family received the same instruction. Jesus never traveled far and apparently didn't try to get the gospel to the world. But those that he trained did. Something big to learn here. How can we simplify the problem? Adam and Eve didn't seem to have a problem with it. They were supposed to go in there and have a family. And as they had a family, the world would be replenished. Noah, Noah was told, go in there and have a family. There were eight people this time, four couples, and they were to replenish the earth. And by the way, they got busy, and it happened. I mean, the world is full by Genesis 6. The world is full again by Genesis 11. I mean, people are being born like crazy. They're getting the job done. Then you get to the New Testament. And Jesus, who wants the whole world evangelized, says, Jesus, who wants the whole world evangelized, never left his country, really. I mean, he goes, he goes in the area. He goes through Samaria. He's in his country, just a little bitty bordering places. Doesn't travel more than a couple hundred miles in any direction. And yet he's the one that's going to get it done. Jesus never traveled far. far. But apparently he didn't try to get he did try to get the gospel. It seems to you that he didn't try to get the gospel to the world, but he was. Listen to this one. 
Money was never the greatest need in world evangelism. Money was never and has never been the greatest need in world evangelism. If our church could take up an offering today of $7 billion, we'd have $1 per person on the planet to get the gospel to the world. Money wasn't the problem. Jesus dedicated himself to, write this down, life on life discipleship that would prepare other men to get the gospel to the entire world. Jesus spent his life doing this. Come here. Let me spend time with you. Let me hone you. Let me shape you. Let me form you. Let me direct you. Let me teach you so you can take the gospel to the world. Our problem is that we dedicate ourselves to doing ministry and not reproducing ourselves. Now, listen, what I want to tell you, church, would you listen quickly? You may say, man, Austin's not at everybody's birthday party like most pastors are. You might say to yourself, Austin seems to be going from the pulpit a lot, not like other pastors are. You might say to yourself, Austin seems to not always be uh, at every hospital visit like other pastors are. And, and, and you might be wondering about that. Well, here's, here's what the deal was. It is so easy to get so consumed with taking care of us that we never have time for them. It can be so easy to get so consumed with taking care of this church that we never get it done. But every church, every pastor, every layman, every church must see it as their responsibility to be reproducing pastors, missionaries, and full-time servants of God. Look this way. I'll give you. Here's the vision. You ready for this? This church's measuring stick of how good we're doing is how many young preachers we're producing. The measuring stick of this church is how many young preachers we're producing. If a man and woman got married and accumulated millions and millions of dollars in money and things and had no children to leave it to, it would kind of be pointless. Our goal is to be parents. Most of us want to be parents. Most of us, our hearts break when we're not parents. I've known young couple after young couple who couldn't have children who cried themselves to sleep at night. My son and his wife, they couldn't have children for almost eight years, and they, they laid in the bed with their head on his shoulder crying at night and saying, young girls get in the back of a seat of a car and they can get pregnant, but I'm a, a godly woman trying to serve God and I can't have children. We want to have children. We want to reproduce. That's what Adam and Eve did. We want children. Every church needs to understand. There's a major difference in what a church ought to be and what you see around in church. You see a church where you come and there is entertainment. You see a church where you come and there is a show put on for you. The best singing you can get, the best dancing you can get, the best light show you can get. You come and you see a, a place where the best preacher you can get can preach to you. But what you don't understand is how we judge our church ought to be. How many young people are we producing that will carry the gospel? Go back with me. What did he say to the church? He said, I want the world to know that Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and rose again. I want the world to know. If you know that, say amen. He wants the world to know that. And so if we had the best exercise program on the planet, and if we took care of our widows better than anybody else took care of their widows, and we did everything, we wouldn't be getting the job done. You could have a fire truck, and you could polish it, and you could wax it, and you could put oil on every part, but if you never take it out and fight fires, that fire truck is a wasted piece of investment. Is that true or not? A church is to get the gospel to the world. A church is to get the gospel to the world. Our priority ministry then must be to train other men to follow Jesus. Look at what that says there. Train. That's why it's always on top. 
Let me show you some verses. Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.11 and 12. Follow with me if you would. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And I want you to read with me if you would. Help me, help me read this out loud with me, this verse right here. For the what? Help me out. For the what? So I can't hear you. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the... All right, now watch this. I want you to understand something. Typically, the way it works in most churches is I'm the pastor, and so I'm supposed to be around everybody's, everybody's ingrown toenail that needs fixed. I'm supposed to be there to pray for them. Somebody's got an ingrown toenail. Austin should be down there praying, God, please get them through this surgery. Please take care of their toe. Lord, this toe has got to be hurting them. Please pray. Hey, somebody needs somebody that's over here having a marriage counseling or marriage problem. Austin should be running over there. Just got through with a toe. Come over here. Say, I'm here to talk to you about your toe. I mean, your, uh, not your toe, your, uh, your marriage. Oh, good, good. All right, then I'm running over here. You've got psychological problems. Yeah, you do. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to talk to you about that. And I'm supposed to be running. But that's not what the Bible told the church to do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, look at the verse again. He gave gifted people to the church. He gave gifted people, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave them to the church, and look what their job was. Look at the next verse. Look at verse 12. Their job was to perfect, write down, mature, mature, write down, teach, write down, prepare, to teach them, to prepare them for the work, for the work. For the work of the ministry. Now, let me ask you a question. Who was supposed to be doing the work of the ministry in the verse? If you could help me say it. Who's supposed to be doing the work of the ministry? I I didn't hear you. Who's supposed to be doing the work of the ministry? Saints. Not preacher. Saints. For the perfecting of the saints. You know what? The preacher's supposed to be. He's a coach. He's supposed to be over a Come come up here, Matt, with me. If you would, Matt, please. Boy, you don't follow instructions. Good. Are you supposed to be sitting here saying, all right, Matt, let me teach you how to visit ladies who have ingrown toenails at the hospital. Okay, so you need to come over to this lady who's got an ingrown toenail. You say, I'm going to pray for your toe. Don't touch her toe. <laughs> Not unless you're going to plastic gloves. Just a joke. And I teach him how to pray, and I teach him how to work. And then here's what happens. So me and old Matt are over here, and I get word, so, so-and-so's got a, a toenail problem. Oh, you've been trained for toenails. Take care of that. And I'm walking across through there, coming out here, and, 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 and this guy says, this guy says they're, they're, needing a, they're needing a church set up, get all the tables set up. Hey, you've been trained for setting up tables. Take care of that, would you? And, and so what's happening? Look at the verse. For the, for the perfecting of the, who are the saints in this room? Hold your hand up. We're the saints. All of us are the saints. I'm supposed to work too. But my job is really to help the saints. My job is to mature the saints. For the perfecting of the saints, for the what? Now, I grew up in little, uh, little country Southern Baptist churches. And you know what little country Southern Baptist churches do, don't you? They hire a pastor to do the bulletin, to open the door, to sweep the floors. I used to help our pastor. We waxed the floors. We redid the furniture. I mean, he was, I, was, I was his only helper. Me and him. It's like, you going into ministry, you better learn how to flush toilets good because that's what your job is. This verse doesn't say that. This verse says, I am, I am to perfect you so that you can do the what? Work of the what? Ministry for the growing, for the growing of the church. So it is life on life discipleship. It is training people it is so other people can be involved ed did not move back to his seat because he was afraid i would use him again look at colossians chapter 1 and verse 28 they'll throw it up here for you look at colossians chapter 1 and verse 28 
Paul's goal was to present every man mature. Now, I am the father of four, the dad of four. Uh, Chris, Stephanie, Joy, and David are our children. Chris is uh, 38 years old. David is our youngest, and he is 28 years old. Do you know what every dad wants to have happen when they have children? He wants to grow them to maturity. He wants to teach them how to live life on their own. They should be able to pay their bills, get a job, take care of their car. There's a commercial on TV right now. I don't know, or maybe it's on, I I saw it on the Internet, so I'm not sure it's on TV. But I saw it on the Internet on a blog. But there's this dad, and his daughter is out out in the light, some fancy car. I can't remember what fancy brand name it was. But the car is out in the rain, and the girl is changing the tire. Has anybody seen this commercial? Okay, thank you, Mary. Sherry. You're the only one. Me and you are the only people up to date in this whole room. Um, they need to. They need to get on it. You saw it. Too. See that? Another Sherry. That's why. All right. All right. Watch this. So she's changing the tire, and there's nobody to be seen, and she's having a struggle, and she's working on it, and finally she gets the tire off, and then she's struggling, and she gets the tire back on, and then Dad comes around the car and says, "I think it was an Audi," said, "I got her a really good car. I want her to be safe." but i got to prepare her. And he had taught her to change a tire. That's what a dad wants to do. What's a pastor supposed to do? He's supposed to train a church to be able to do the ministry. Do you realize how much more fun it is to go to church where you're busy? Do you realize how much more fun it is to know that you have such a job here this morning that some people got here earlier than I did, and they were preparing music for you. They were preparing a, a Baptist, baptismal pool. Some people, one guy told me I was teaching my Sunday school class, and I loved it. I got ready for my Sunday school class. That's what's going on. And we're to teach and prepare every man to be perfect, mature in the Lord. Making a disciple or training a person doesn't mean that everybody will be a preacher or a pastor or a missionary. That's not what's going to happen. But we ought to be training people so we can get them to that position. Now watch this. What's our business model? What's our command? What's our goal? Any business you have, the founder had a purpose. Make money. That's probably his main purpose. But if we were to go to the Apple company, I'm an Apple fan, Apple user, and, you know, they charge extra money for everything they do. And uh, they're very proud of every product they make. But when they, I mean, you know, and when he's given a presentation, he's a, he, his job's to sell Apple computers. And they'll work at it. They'll do whatever it takes to sell them. Walmart's got a Everybody's got a job to accomplish. If our founder came back, you know what he would say? What's the job I left you to do? And I need you to help me. What's the job he left us to do? Somebody tell me. What did, what's the job he left us to do? He left us the job of evangelizing the world. He left us a job of evangelizing the world. He left us a job of evangelizing the world. And so our job is to get the gospel to the world. So he comes by Vision Baptist Church. He stops in on a quick visit to check on us and see what we're doing. And he walks in. He says, he says Austin, tell me what you're doing. And I say, man, you ain't going to believe it. You ain't going to believe it. I'm just telling you, we have got a new exercise ministry going on here. And we have had, we, our people have lost 2,000 pounds since January 1. And he'd be, okay, good deal. I don't recall telling you to do that. Uh, or maybe he would walk over and he comes in and, and I say, hey, well, we are study, We have memorized the entire book of Matthew. I think he'd go, oh, that's fantastic. Are you going to do anything you memorized? Like go? I mean, you memorized it. You reckon you might do some of it? 
When I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, my daddy used to leave me a list. And on this list, he would say to me what he wanted me to do every day. I lived on a farm. I milked a cow every morning, milked a cow every night. I checked on pigs and chickens and, and all kinds of farm work that would do. And then Daddy would always leave a list. And in that list, he would write down, pick up a load of rocks, uh, check, the, check the electric fence on the backfield, uh, find a cow number 22 who I'd never found. She died, and I got, he got really mad about that because I never found her. She was having a baby, and I couldn't find her. And I really didn't try, but don't tell him that. He's dead now. But anyway, when Daddy came home, I want you to know when Daddy came home, if I'd have looked at him and he said, what would you do with my list? And I said, I memorized it. He just, I didn't ask you to memorize my list. I didn't ask you to memorize my list. My Daddy would have said, did you do what I wrote down for you to do? Now, my Daddy was not a nice 2014 dad. He didn't do timeouts and he, didn't be, he wasn't sweet to me. He did knockouts. He punched me. He really did. And so, you know, Dad, if he'd have come in and I'd have said, uh, well, Dad, just be honest with you, I'm tired of your list. I think you're a legalist. I think you shouldn't be giving me so many rules to accomplish. My dad would have said, good, bam. In fact, he did that to my brother. My brother's the funniest guy in the world. But my daddy punched my brother, and my brother got mad and joined the Navy the next day so nobody else would ever tell him what to do. <laughs> here's, here's how we measure our success. Please listen to this. And I've not got, I, I've got, three other things I really want to say, but I'll, I'll stop. We measure our success by how many men of God we have trained and sent out. As a church, I want to tell you how we know when we're successful. If we had the nicest, prettiest little church building, that wouldn't make us a success. I wish we did. Man, I cannot tell you, you ought to go to Mableton. Lord, help me. God just, not Mableton now, it's Smyrna, Vision Baptist Cobb County, they have got a gorgeous building, a fellowship hall fully set up with all the chairs and all the tables, two showers, one for the men and one for the women, a kitchen you can cook in. Can you believe that? And they got parking spaces and a permanent sign, and they can seat about 200 people in the auditorium, and they got five other classrooms. But that's the church that was there till August died. You don't measure your success by getting a building. If you did that, the, 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 the businesses of the world would be further along than us. You don't, do, you don't measure your success by how many you have in attendance. Then the Mormons would beat us. You measure your success by how many men you train to get out. It changes every process in our church. Every one of us know that we must find and train men. Because our job is... To get the gospel to the world. Our joy comes in watching our people grow and share their faith. Our joy comes that they step up and go out for us on and on to the world carrying the gospel. Every church member must have as his or her goal to get the gospel to the world. Though you, though you know that, that you might not go, you prepare others to go. You pray, you give, you encourage, you do all you can to get as many as you can to carry the gospel of the world, you know that's important to our founder, to the Lord Jesus. I was a little boy, and I got saved at Wrigley Baptist Church. Just a few days, well, in May, on May the 6th, 1962, I turned eight on August the 21st, 1962. I was baptized on May the 13th, 1962. You say, how do you remember that so well? My mama wrote it in the Bible. 
I remember it happening, but Mama wrote down when it happened. I know I got born, but I only know I, I only know what day I was born because they wrote that on the sheet of paper for me too. August the 21st, 1954. They put that on a little plate piece. In fact, is it's black with little white letters. That's why they used to do it back in the dark ages. But guess 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 what? In that little church, I can remember some Sunday school teachers teaching stories about people in Africa who wouldn't hear the gospel message if somebody didn't go. At 11 years of age, at 11 years of age, I'm now a member of Trace Creek Baptist Church, and I'm hearing in vacation Bible school, I'm hearing in Sunday school classes, and I'm hearing in children's classes that God wants the gospel to go to the world. From the time I can remember, my pastor always walked around rubbing my little burr head because I wore one of those crew cut like it's in style now. But, you know, back then they weren't really in style. And the pastor would always rub my head and tell everybody, here's our little preacher boy. You'd like to meet our little preacher boy. This is our little preacher boy. I was that little preacher boy since I was about seven or eight years old. I was our, that little preacher boy. But I heard about it in Sunday school. I'm sure nobody, man, I was always getting in trouble. I was always doing stuff wrong. I mean, I mean, I was not the ideal kid. But Sunday school teachers chased me and disciplined me and called my attention and trained me and kept me motivated and kept me going to church and kept me serving Jesus Christ. And one day I grew up and I actually did do some ministry. That's what the goal of a church is, the goal of a church. Jesus said, take the gospel to the world. Now, we make some big mistakes, and I'll give you a couple of them real quickly. We make some big mistakes. One of the big mistakes we make is we discourage people in our church from going into the ministry. I'll try to cover some of this later today. But did you know if somebody in our church wants to be an engineer, we all applaud. If they want to study at Georgia Tech, we're like, yes. If they want to study at UGA, we're like, yes. If they want to study at Harvard, we're like, yes. If they want to study at some little funky-dunk Bible college and go out and preach the gospel to the world, we're all like, you're going to waste your life. Because we don't understand God's place. God wants the world to hear the gospel. It's great that you study anywhere you study and do anything you do. I'm glad you do. But you ought to be here to say, hey, if God didn't send me, I'm going to give a chunk of change to get the gospel to the world. I'm going to grab a hold of some young people and I'm going to put in their heart to go do things for God. I'm going to dedicate my children to carry the gospel. I'm going to share. That's what the Lord told us to do as a church. If he were here preaching today, he would say, I have all power. I have all authority. And I can tell the church to do anything I want to tell the church to do. And here's what I want. Go. Go. And teach all nations. All nations. And baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And teach them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I'm with you all the way to the end of the world. I'm with you. Now, some Greek scholar in the room is going to say, Brother, those were gerunds, and they meant, that meant as you go. Well, let me give you a hint. It's, it's, it's used in a command form, but not only that, I don't know how many of y'all are going to all the nations. So as y'all are going to all the nations, okay, if you're actually, as all of y'all are going to the nations, all the nations preach the gospel to all of them and baptize all of them and, and start churches all over the place. Here's the truth. This church has a job. I have a job as pastor. You may decide today that you don't like my vision. You want me to resign, and I would fully understand that. But I'll tell you this. The church of Jesus Christ has a job to do. Every nation of the world is to hear the gospel. You say, we can't do that. Can you disciple one? 
Can you get involved in foundations and say, I can train one guy in the, in the basic things of Jesus. I can train one person how to be faithful to church. I can train one person how to give. I can train one person how to pray. I can do that. See, it's never about how big a family you have. We judge the greatness of a pastor by how many people come hear him preach. Then Jesus was a failure. He had big crowds twice. He had 5,000 one time and 4,000 another time. And there's probably a big crowd at the Sermon on the Mount. But every time he had a big crowd, he always said stuff that made him mad. He turned around and he said, you guys want to follow me? Then take up your cross. And by the way, you got to hate your mother if you're going to follow me. you got to hate your brother and your mother and your daddy and your stuff. And hate your own life also. And if you don't want to do that, you're not worthy of me. Some of them kept coming turning around and said, well, then you got to drink my blood and eat my flesh. And they were all like, "Woo, we're leaving. And Jesus turned to the apostles and said, are y'all wanting to leave too? He wasn't big on how many he got. He was big on having 11 who would carry the gospel to the world. Are you understanding anything today? Say, so also, what's your vision for vision? Here's my vision for vision. The biggest training, teaching, preparing church you can imagine. You say, man, we've lost enough. Our first song there, Philip, was a great guy. And he left us to go to Thailand. He's in Thailand today preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That's what I wanted. That was our goal to begin with. Then we brought Jonathan Marks in, and he's on his way to Japan, and he's already leaving. And Ed's about to walk out the door. He said, what are we going to do? I don't know. But our job is to figure out what to do because we're sending them out to take the gospel message of Jesus Christ around the world. That's our job. That's our job. You say, I've never heard that. I know. Isn't that sad? It's right in the Bible. It's in the Bible. It's clear. They need to hear the gospel of message of Jesus Christ. So you might say, also, where do you want to see us in 2014? More missionaries, more money, but more of you training people. You see, you can stay here. I'm staying here. I'm a sender. But I live my life. I live my life to train young men and young women and to carry the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Some of you need to sign up to help go to the hospital and visit people when they're sick because I really won't have time because, I mean, my time is eat up with some other stuff. Some of you need to learn how to take care of a lot of the stuff that goes on around the building here because the pastoral staff has a bigger job. Our job is to get you doing things. Everybody in this church has got to be busy. We're all busy. And what we're busy doing is helping train more guys, train more guys, train more guys. I don't remember the statistic, but Peyton looked it up for me. But it's something like one out of four or one out of five soldiers. It takes four or five soldiers and people to keep one guy in combat. That's not counting all the taxpayers and all the people that work for the government that aren't soldiers. we got to get the gospel to the world. Say, so what's your goal? China. Boy, China's got to have the gospel. China's got to have the gospel. What's your goal? India. India's got to have the gospel. What's your goal? Indonesia. I'm begging God for somebody to go to Indonesia. I want somebody to go to Indonesia. They need the gospel so desperately. You say, what's your goal? Praying God will send somebody to Brazil. That's the next country after, after, uh, after us. They're like the fifth, uh, fifth country, sixth, fifth country in the world. I will send somebody to Brazil. I said, what do you want to do? I want to start more churches inside of Atlanta. I want to see more churches started that will carry the gospel to the world. Churches will take any gimmick they can not to lose their children. Supposedly, I can find it for you, a Mexican mother lost like eight children 
in the Revolutionary War, and Juanito Benito Juarez, I believe it was his name, said to her, ask her what, how she felt about it, and she said, I only have one regret, that I didn't have more sons to give for the Republic. And today, some of our church families have kids on the mission field. Betty and I have children on the mission field. Some of our, some of our families have children and grandchildren on the mission field. But there's a whole world needs to hear the gospel. Also, what do you want to see vision do? Ten times more than what we've done. I want God to let us have a hundred families out of this church. That's only five times. I want to let God to let us start a whole bunch of Vision Baptist churches, Cobb County, that will go reproduce what we're doing. Because, you see, as, as my family, Austin and Betty got married in 1973. And I know I'm over time, but we're feeding you lunch. You ain't about to go nowhere, so hang on. Uh, in 1973, Betty and I got married, and there were two of us, just two. And we drove away from our, 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 our wedding in my Corvair, not Corvette. And you have to be old enough to understand that car was a joke. Don't shake your head like that, Lamar. You're just making fun of me. It was a joke. I didn't want anybody to put a bunch of junk on it and mess up my paint job. It was a joke of a car. But we drove away. Two years later, Betty was with child, and Chris came in the world. I named him Chris because Christopher means Christ bearer. And I told Betty, I said, I'm begging God to let our boy carry Jesus to the world. Then Stephanie came, and then Joy came. And then David came, and then they got married. And where there were two, now there were ten. Two mom and dad, four kids and their spouse, ten. We'd have a family meeting, ten people in the house. And now there are 18 grandkids. So two to ten to 28. Ten, 18, 28, 18, 10, and 18. Now when they get married, that's going to be a hassle, a, a hassle of youngins. 18 plus a spouse, that's 36. Not count what they have kids. You see, you don't have to reach the whole world, but if you could train somebody. Some of you in this room in Europe, you, you are a praying machine. Help some people learn to pray. Some of you in this room, you are a witnessing machine. Help some people learn to witness. Some of you in this room really know how to study your Bible and get deeper in the Word. Help them learn how to do that. Some of you have real discipline. Help people know how to do that. We got one goal. Let's raise up some young people and send them to the world with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Let's do what he said do. Father in heaven, I pray your name would be glorified and magnified, and I'll thank you for all you do. I pray that you would work in our church. God, that some people would get a hold of the vision and say, I'm going to get involved in carrying the gospel to the world. And I'll give you praise. This message was recorded at Vision Baptist Church in Alfred, Georgia. For more information, log on to www.visionbaptist.com, where you can find our service times, location, contact information, and more audio and video recordings.